When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. I'm Stephanie Safarian, and this is episode 89. You are listening to the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a show about living simply and sustainably with your family. Here's your host, Stephanie Safarian. Hello there and welcome back. Are you bored with your home? Do you want to refresh your drab decor the eco-frugal way? It happens to all of us, right? We get tired of our decor. Maybe you're sick of your furniture that's just not looking as contemporary or as modern as you'd like. Or maybe you're tired of that IKEA rug and those Wayfair curtains and you just need a little refresh. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm willing to bet that you lean towards the eco-friendly side of things, and so that means that you wouldn't just chuck your old furniture and your old decor for new stuff without a significant heap of eco-guilt. And if you're thinking about replacing your old stuff with the cheaply made new stuff, I'm sure you already know that you'll probably get tired of that cheaply made new stuff in just a few years. According to the Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, upwards of 9 million tons of furniture end up in landfills each and every year. 9 million tons. And the cheaper and poorer quality furniture is more likely to get tossed. The truth of the matter is that furniture is an awful lot like fashion. The sustainable stuff, the stuff that you actually want to hold on to for decades, is expensive. The cheap stuff, or what I like to call the fast furniture, is very trendy, and it doesn't stand the test of time thanks to its, or not thanks to its, poor materials and poor craftsmanship. I often find myself going back to what Erin Polavoy said on her episode when she was a guest on the show. It was episode 43, if you're interested. But Erin said that our clothing is rapidly becoming just another disposable commodity because we feel no remorse if we buy a t-shirt for just $3 and we wear it just two or three times before tossing it. It's no burden on us because it was only $3. I find myself wondering whether the emergence of those cheap furniture and decor stores like Wayfair and Ikea and even Amazon, I wonder whether those stores are speeding up the disposableness of our home decor items. Now, I love a great home decor store, just like everybody else. My husband actually hides 
He hides them. The Crate and Barrel magazines I have sent to my house. And that's not a joke. That's my real life. (laughs) But what is an environmentally conscious home dweller to do? In an ideal situation, me and you, we wouldn't buy anything new at all, right? But I just know that that's not feasible for everybody. So that's where this episode comes in. Today, I am giving you five tips to refresh your homes in ways that are affordable and stylish and sustainable without relying on Ikea, Wayfair, or Amazon. Enjoy. The first step when you're looking for a sustainable refresh to your home is to subtract. Crowding a space with too many things into a room makes the room feel small and claustrophobic. To lighten a space quite instantly, all you need to do is remove some items. Now, everything needs room to breathe, right? So if your space is feeling tight and you want a new look, just subtract some items. Now, I've done so many episodes on decluttering, so I'm not going to get into the details of how to do it or when to do it here today. But if those are topics that interest you, please go back and listen to the dozens of episodes I've done on decluttering. I will say, however, that when you are subtracting, when you are decluttering, do not hide the natural light. Now, minimalists know that natural light can make a compact space seem expansive. Keep window treatments as simple as possible, and if you have curtains, take them down. Another tip here is to find a secondhand mirror and paint the frame to match your space, then hang it across the room from a window to instantly make that room feel a heck of a lot bigger. Now, if you're bored with your space and your space needs a refresh, maybe the first thing you do is declutter, and the second thing you do is to make sunlight a priority. All right, so if decluttering doesn't work and if opening up the windows and letting that light shine in doesn't do the trick for you, step two is to rearrange. First, go ahead and rearrange your furniture. If you were ever a teenage girl like I was, you probably already know that moving your furniture around your room, or in this case, around your home, creates a whole new space. As a 14 year old, I moved my bedroom furniture around all the time, right? And that's because moving furniture around gives your space a whole new look and can satisfy your need for change without any cost. I had no income as a 14-year-old, but I could create a whole new space for free for $0 simply by moving around my furniture. Don't just move the furniture around within a room. Get creative here and move furniture around from room to room, so within your whole home, and see what you can do. Now, if moving your existing furniture around just doesn't cut it, and you know you need to get your hands on new furniture, know that you can either buy really nice but secondhand furniture that delivers, or you can rent furniture. Now, I'm going to go into these two separate options one by one. The first one is to Get secondhand furniture that delivers. Now, one of the best parts about buying furniture from Wayfair or from Amazon is that there's fast, easy, two-day shipping, right? No one wants to rent a truck and go to pick up that piece of secondhand furniture, no matter what 
awesome condition it's in because renting a truck is annoying. And so fast and easy delivery of big pieces of furniture is a major draw to consumers. Know that you can buy secondhand pieces and have it delivered. There are sites like Kayo and Apt Deco. I've linked to them in the show notes. But both sites sell used pieces, but quality pieces with brand names like West Elm and Crate and Barrel. And those sites then deliver those secondhand pieces straight to your door. So you're getting a secondhand piece, but the piece you're getting is quality and it's delivered onto your doorstep. Now, your second option, if you know you need and want new furniture, is to consider renting it. If you know that you're not currently living in your forever home, or if you know that for whatever reason, your unique situation just doesn't make sense for you to buy new furniture, know that there are tons of businesses popping up where you can rent furniture for about the same price as buying cheap IKEA quality stuff. It's just also much better on the environment, right? The idea is that you're renting quality furniture that you could never afford to buy or don't want to buy because of your situation. And so instead of buying something cheap that you'll ditch when you're ready to move, you rent. There are startup businesses like Feather and Furnish. Again, I've linked to them in the show notes as well. But they let you swap or return furniture after your rental period is up. But if you love it, here's the kicker. If you love that furniture and you want to keep it, you can buy it outright too. While renting furniture may not be for everybody, it may be right for you. And if so, I totally suggest you consider checking out the resources I have in this week's show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 089. Really quick, just one additional furniture-related resource for you is for all of you who have IKEA furniture that is looking a little bit drab. Don't replace your IKEA furniture that, again, looks drab after a few years. Don't replace that with more IKEA furniture. Instead, consider buying a new slipcover for your IKEA couch or your IKEA chairs, etc. I found this awesome website. It's called BEMS. B-E-M-Z dot com. I will link to that in the show notes as well. But it offers stylish new slipcovers for many, if not all, of IKEA's most popular products. So again, if you have a piece of furniture and there's nothing wrong with it except for it's looking stale, maybe the cover on top of it isn't looking so great, know that you can head over to BEMS and basically... Make it seem as though you have a whole new piece of furniture. All right, so as we continue talking about rearranging, we've talked about furniture. Rearrange your decorations too. Move your trinkets around. Move them from room to room. Move around your artwork. As you are moving these things around your home, consider your own psychology and know that people who are extroverted get a real charge out of the world around them so they enjoy sensorily rich environments, right? But on the other hand, people who are more introverted have that rich inner world so they should have a more carefully curated space. Now, what on earth does that mean? In layman's terms, that means that extroverts 
may benefit from bold patterns and colors that stimulate, while introverts are more sensitive to visual stimuli, and so they should have more relaxing hues and a more relaxing setup. So consider your own unique personality as you are rearranging your home to create a new space. All right, moving right along to step number three, set the mood, baby. (laughs) Go on with your bad self and use oils or candles to evoke good feelings in your home. Researchers have found that lavender as a scent really helps people to fall asleep. And so lavender smelling things are great in the bedroom, whereas lemon is a great smell for when you're trying to do cognitive work, like in your home office or maybe even your kitchen, put those there. And floral scents are great for just in general, eliciting positive emotions. Don't go on out to Yankee Candle and buy the big tumblers, which is what I used to do. I was a Yankee Candle fanatic, but no more. We have talked before on this show about how soy or paraffin-based candles are not great for the environment, and they are not great for our health either. So try to steer clear of the candles and go for more eco-friendly options like diffusing essential oils to freshen up that indoor air instead of polluting it. I have linked to my personal favorites in this week's show notes if you're in the market to try them out. Also, when it comes to setting the mood, don't underestimate the power of a coat of paint. With paint, you have endless options. You could paint an entire room a different color. You could paint just a feature wall. You could paint some type of design like stripes or stencil work on all or some of the walls. With paint, there is truly no limit. Now, minimalists who are in it for the aesthetics really get a bad rap as having everything white, right? Bare, white, sterile walls and no trinkets and white white countertops, white everything. But if you know that's just not for you, go ahead and use color to your advantage. And know that we're calmer and we're in a more positive mood in colors that are not quite so saturated but are bright whereas we're more energized around colors that are more saturated and less bright. So an an example of energizing colors would be colors that make you happier in places where you do work, like kitchens or laundry or the exercise room. And a great example of an energizing color is, of course, yellow. Whereas if you're looking to paint the walls of a space in which you'd like to elicit calm, know that you are going to be searching for those muted colors in the family room or in the bedroom, like blues. When it comes to painting our homes, know that you don't have to go the traditional paint route. Conventional paints contain VOCs, which is an acronym for Volatile Organic Compounds, and VOCs pollute the air when paint dries, and they are definitely not eco-friendly. Prolonged exposure to VOCs are not just bad for the environment, but they're not so great for your health either. They trigger headaches and allergies. They irritate skin. They harm your eyes and airways. So I suggest if you are rip-roaring, ready to paint your home, 
You paint with an eco-friendly paint instead. Faro and Ball is just one company that offers a water-based, low VOC product. It doesn't smell, and it's kinder to the planet. I have linked to them in the show notes if you're interested. All right, so we have subtracted, we have moved around, we have set the mood, and now tip number four is to add. And when I say add, I mean add plants, not trinkets. Studies have shown that nature is calming to our psyche, and so bringing nature inside has significant positive psychological effects. Trinkets, on the other hand, don't do that. (laughs) One way to feel happier in your space is to bring inside plants or flowers. A second benefit to having plants in your home is that houseplants help to refresh your air, making your space healthier. Now, taking this one step further, if you're looking to create a calming space, know that psychologists suggest avoiding spiky plants, and that's because we associate comfort with curvy shapes and not spiky ones, which make us more alert. All right, so maybe you have a black thumb and maybe you kill every plant in your path, but you want to add some plants into your home that are easy maintenance and not spiky. What do you purchase? Well, you could purchase fake plants, but fake plants do not purify your air. So I suggest you go on with your bad self and you purchase really easy to take care of indoor plants. About six months ago, my husband and I made the decision to put one plant in every single room in our home. Full disclosure here is that some of them didn't make it, (laughs) but most of them did. And that's because we researched the best low light, easy maintenance plants before we ever bought a single thing. Now, I'm going to give you a quick little list of some of the plants we put in our home, but know that most of them are, quote, spiky in nature because I like the look of spiky. So if you don't like the look of spiky, you're not going to love these plants. But here's what we bought. We bought ferns, we bought a lady palm, a spider plant, a cast iron plant. Now that's a nice and curvy plant that I absolutely love in my dining room, by the way, a cast iron, a snake plant, peace lilies. Now the peace lilies are curvy and they're so easy to care for and they do well in low light. So consider that one. And finally, the pothos plant, which is literally unkillable. It's in every home and it's kind of snakes out of its pot because it just lives no matter what. So if you truly have a black thumb, consider that pothos. I'll link to all of these suggestions in the show notes, but know that even if you have a black thumb, you too can bring a bit of nature indoors and reap the benefits of indoor plants. My final tip for you today is to look ahead. If you are in a home decor store, ahem, crate and barrel, (laughs) and if you find yourself falling in love with one or many items on display, know that I have been there and I absolutely understand. It is so easy to make impulse purchases And many stores rely on our collective inability to rein in our impulses to make profits. 
Instead of buying because it's pretty, I suggest you look ahead. Now, looking ahead means a few things. First, it means focusing on your next home. Will the item you are spying in the store grow with you? Or will that item downsize with you if downsizing is your next step? Will that item withhold the test of time? I've mentioned many times on this show that I'm always looking ahead to when my daughter's move out and my husband and I move back to a tiny city apartment. And although my daughters are young, this downsizing really isn't all that far away, right? It's only 15 years away. I know some of you are thinking, what is she doing? She's wishing away the best years of her life. I'm not wishing them away. I'm just acutely aware that the house that I'm in now is not the house I'm going to stay in until my final days. So my forward thinking greatly anchors what I bring into my home because I understand that our, quote, forever home is really in the grand scheme of my life, just a right now home. It fits us perfectly in the season of life that we're in, and we are super happy in this home, but we will downsize. And when we do, I do not want to have to undergo a major purge of stuff. That is just not my idea of a good time. So look ahead and focus on your next home. Looking ahead also means to consider practicality. Aesthetics are important, of course. It's important to surround ourselves with items that we actually like to look at. But aesthetics should never, ever come at the expense of practicality. Now, what on earth do I mean by that? I mean that while, of course, it's important that we buy pretty things, it's important to realize that if the item is impractical, you will grow to dislike it, or worse, you will grow to hate it. Think white couches or rugs that shed or trinkets with absolutely zero purpose. For me, I should have considered practicality when I bought all the lanterns. I totally fell for the lantern craze circa like 2017-ish, and I have a bunch of glass lanterns sitting in my home now. That was a big mistake on my part for two reasons. And the first one is that lanterns are made for candles but I no longer burn candles. So the purpose of my lanterns, the reason that these lanterns exist, it's pointless to me. It doesn't matter. The second reason that lanterns are a bad decision in my life is that lanterns are usually made of glass and so they're fragile. At my season of life, glass just is not practical with my two young children. Either these lanterns, they break because the two-year-old started playing with one and it broke. Yes, that happened. And it was no fun cleaning up faster than she could potentially get glass in her foot. Or I have to keep these lanterns up high out of reach, which isn't everywhere I envisioned myself keeping them in the first place. So if there's an item you love, but you know it's going to be a nightmare to clean or maintain, 
or if it's just not practical. I ask you to think twice. Everything we bring into our homes must check both the aesthetic box and the practical box. It must be both aesthetically pleasing and practical in order to gain admittance into our homes. Now, finally, when it comes to looking ahead, I suggest you be willing to play the long game. Be patient. Save up your money until you have the funds to buy that high-quality piece of furniture that you love, that is practical, that is aesthetically pleasing, and that you will be dying to pass along to someone you love in 30 to 40 years. Owning it will feel better when you really work for it. Being patient means that you avoid making costly mistakes by buying stuff that's cheap, that doesn't last, or is too big and doesn't fit. And being patient means that you're a conscious consumer that understands the importance of reining in those impulses and leading from the head instead of from the heart. All right, so there they are, five tips for you and I to refresh our homes without relying on the convenience of Wayfair, Ikea, Amazon, and the like. It goes without saying that if you are environmentally conscious, the last thing you want to do when redecorating and swapping out your furniture is to send all your old stuff to the dump. You should always try and donate or resell what you can. It's nice to get a little extra cash, but the real goal here is to find homes for those pieces of furniture and those pieces of decor that have outlived their usefulness to you so that they're out of the landfill. Now, you can take stuff to Goodwill or the Salvation Army. They do take furniture, but Facebook groups are a really great way to sell. Facebook groups for your neighborhood are awesome for swapping things, and Just a little side note here, I learned that groups have become one of Facebook's most popular features, so consider it. Everything we talked about today, you can find in this week's show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 089, that's M-A-M-A minimalist.com forward slash 089. On next week's show, we are talking about the chemicals that are found in everyday items that we don't even realize are there. I will see you then. Have a great week. Take care.